Well, Simon Peter, with that draft of fish, had, you might say, the surprise of a lifetime. And that was only the beginning. Fishermen are, don't you think, practical, realistic, just in the very nature of their work. They have to be. And in that sense, also skeptical. And then their remarkable faith in Christ when they saw what he had wrought in their own field. When they saw that, how remarkably strong then their faith was. How remarkably strong. Now we can be skeptics. We can be skeptics about ourselves and our own callings and our own potential and our own possibility. It's good not to be foolish or to be taken in. That has its genius. Good for a bit of science. Good not to be a member of the Flat Earth Society. You'll get yourself killed. But the fact of the matter is, sometimes we are so skeptical of our own potential future promise and calling that we give up our vocation. We don't have one at all. Because we think, can't do this, this wouldn't work, and so on and so forth and nothing comes to pass for all the promise, for all the promise that's there. As if I have to be perfect first, and then I'll start living. I have to be utter, utterly sinless, never have made a mistake. And then I'll be capable of being called by God. I'm disqualified from a vocation because of something bad I once did, of which I'm ashamed. Isaiah is right here. You see the scroll, the scroll of Isaiah from which Christ read when he first went to his home synagogue. Quoted by Christ more than anyone, often called the fifth gospel, the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was in the temple and he had a profound vision of the transcendence of God. That's where all religion and faith starts. If one doesn't have a sense of great God and little me. You know, you meet people who never loved anyone and never were loved and their lives are flat. You meet people who were never taught to read and so on. They can still have a good life, but it's not as broad as it could be. But he had, as many of us do, an experience of the transcendent. You're busy, the world of work, you're, all these deadlines, you come into a church, this great ship of silence in a way, in the presence of God, we become aware of the transcendence of God, great God and little me. And then he offered his life in God's service, send me, as each of you, I believe, no doubt will do. But it is a personal decision. We're not dragooned into it, we're not a cult, we're not place the names of any particular cult you're thinking of, being lockstep buried in a similar ceremony with similar dresses and everything else. It's a matter of personal decision and opening our hearts, our lives, our loves to God. And that's what Isaiah did. And Isaiah was aware of his fault, but by God of it he was cleansed, as we can be too. Nothing more touching than the gospel today of a calling. They left their nets by the shore and followed him. Doesn't get more dramatic or clear or final 
or glorious than that. And yet it's Peter who would deny Christ at his time of greatest need. It's Peter who at the Last Supper would vaunt the fact that he would never deny him, and then within hours would, at the time of greatest need. How would he ever overcome that? And yet that triple denial, finally, what does Christ say? Feed my lambs, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. The matter of a calling being sent forth to look after us and all the generations to come. He becomes the rock of the church upon which it's built in security, bedrock, his faith. The one who fell apart, the one who ran away, the one who was scared to admit who he was. He becomes the bedrock and so can we. And so can we. And so can we. And then our middle reading by Paul. Look in the Acts of the Apostles, what Paul did. He persecuted the church. He was heading on, he had letters. He was going to bring Christians back in chains. And yet, he fell off his high horse. The scales fell from his eyes. The phrases are become proverbial. There's two separate accounts in the Acts of the Apostles of Paul's conversion. Half the Acts, the fifth book of the, gospel, of the Bible is about Peter, the other half about Paul. And Paul, who had tried to bring the church to an end, persecute all its members systematically, has become its greatest missionary. And his letters form the largest corpus of the New Testament. Letters to all these different communities, he's guarding, guiding, founding, continuing the good work of others. Spreading the good news. He, who worked to defeat it, has become its greatest apostle to the ends of the earth. So then let us give up our skepticism about what God could do, God's grace could do in our own lives. What is it that uh, Paul said in our reading today, the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, the 15th chapter? I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace in me has not been fruitless. So despite his being an enemy, despite Peter denying Christ, despite Isaiah being such a sinner, being so unclean and having a sense of that, they each got up and walked into all the years to come, into their calling and their vocation. And so for each of us, to go past what we're concerned about, ashamed of, feeling inferior about, feeling sinful about, and to move from the negative into the positive of what calls God calls us to do and to be. In our Chapel of the Women Doctors, there's St. Catherine of Siena, and there's that marvelous quote in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. If anyone's here is from MIT, I always try to do outreach and give you a number. And so the number is 1937, just so you feel reached out to. But kidding aside, it's a marvelous quote from God, heard by St. Catherine in her prayer, in her dialogues with God, saying, God saying, I never give all the virtues to any one person, but faith to this, a deep charity to another, and things that are opposites, but which the world needs. Humility to this one, courage to that one, so that you will all need each other. The church needed Peter, the church needed Paul. We needed Isaiah, 
Christ did in his preaching in his own synagogue in order to say who he was. We stand in deep need of each other. And as that passage, 1937, goes on in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, so that we then can minister to each other as they did to us that we do now to each other. You know, often I see lots, as a priest, I have the luck to see lots of people, lots of families, lots of groups. And over time I hear of stories that are heartwarming, but seem to be on a precipice falling, falling down. But someone in the family is the one that values the Mass, goes to Mass, gets other people to Mass, becomes an example of what a Catholic Christian could be, and has that faith, that hope, that love, that is like a tower of strength. There's someone else in the family who is involved with the Vincent de Paul or concerned for the poor, or concerned with the homeless, or concerned with people starving, or helping with the food pantry, wherever they are. And they are a tower of strength to that family too. They each pull away the drapes to let us see reality of what's important, who we should be, what we could become. And they remind us what our calling is. And then, as Paul, the great missionary to the ends of the earth, you will see people, individuals or in families, they'll say, well, over there, our cousins, our uncle, our aunt is a pretty formidable alcoholic. Let's get them out to this. Let's take them out to that. Let's bring them over here once a month and make a fuss so they have a bit of normalcy, so they're respected, and so their lives get back in order. And they're not jangled all the time, by the way, they're remarkably mistreated. To be a missionary in a difficult time and place, to have the courage to do that, or simply to be oneself as a Catholic Christian in a lab or a library, a research place, where there is skepticism, but there are also a lot of quiet Catholics surrounding Christians who are happy to hear us simply reply gently what we believe and why it makes obvious sense. And why it makes obvious sense. With this one caveat. That God so loved the world that he sent his only son isn't obvious, but it's great good news and remarkable to spread. And that, that's our calling. That's our calling. We could think of becoming someone else, but the part of St. Peter's already taken and Paul and Isaiah, and so each of us is something new upon the earth with special gifts and a particular calling that no one else has ever done or will be able to repair afterwards if we don't pick up our lives and enjoy them and make them flourish. Be yourself, DeSales says, and be that well, and in that way give honor to the master craftsman whose handiwork you are. We heard of Isaiah's calling and his saying yes. We know of Peter's fault, it's unforgettable, but that he was a rock is more memorable still. And St. Paul, they were scared of him. they couldn't find anyone to go and talk to him in Damascus when he needed help about the Christian way. Finally, someone volunteered with vast courage. Yet Paul became the greatest missionary in the history of the Christian church. So may we be in turn in our own way according to God's will and wish. By the way, I did want to say 
the Cardinal is having a weekend for anybody thinking of the priesthood at the end of the month. He's having a weekend and a sermon weekend for anyone thinking of the priesthood. And uh, am I asking you to consider it? Is this an advertisement? Absolutely, by way of understatement, please. But I'm asking more, there's more. Like there's 1 a.m. ads on television, there's more. What I think it would be great if you gave yourself permission to do would be to let people around you know that they would be a good priest or a good nun or marriage or whatever, a writer, to let them know because it's my experience and a sad one. When I talk to people and tell them in their abilities, I'm the first person who's ever reinforced that in them. And so this world at times, not just now with the temperature, but in human terms can be a cold and lonely place. And affirmation is not automatic or often given. When you see the good in someone, it's the spark of the spirit, the spark of God. And it's important for each of us to put our hands around that spark so it become a flame. And so then that like Paul, they, we can become a fire for the good God's done to let everyone else know. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.